Hello, 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 everyone. This is Sharon S. Davis. And most of my listeners know me from my mommy moments on Facebook. So allow me to introduce myself and explain why I'm doing this Alls for Mom podcast. My mom has been my motivation for everything I have encountered in life. Seeing her strength and perseverance to raise three children as a divorcee during the 80s and 90s gave me the drive to honor her while she is living. As a child, I thought as a child, and I didn't recognize my mother's depression was debilitating her in her early 50s. Now, medical professionals informed me that my mom's dementia was due to happen, but her untreated depression accelerated the process. Without hesitation, I agreed to take over as her caregiver when Adult Protective Services came knocking at her door. Now, I will go into detail about that later. My purpose of this podcast is to share what I learned and still learning about being the best caregiver I can be to the person that helped give me life. My goal is to share my experiences, what I wish I knew before I agreed to take on this role, thus making life easier for me. And since I cannot change the past, I don't want you, my listeners, to make the same mistakes I made. And what will make this podcast different? I will provide a complete thought to the suggestions I am presenting. I do not want to give you the information and not share the background. Throughout my research, I was never given the reason why I should do something. I mean, they'll explain the pros and the cons for decision, but they never dug deep into why I should do it their way. Now, I'm not trying to convince you one way or the other on how you should care for your loved one. I am providing you with my point of view. I can't turn back the hands of time, nor can I travel in a time machine to correct the wrongs that have happened in my mother's life. What I can do is make a difference in the life of those to come. Now, if I could go back in time, I would go back to when my mom divorced my father. I would tell her that she's doing a great job. I would tell her to stop listening to the naysayers that said her children were not going to succeed because she's raising them in a single parent household. The greatest and most admirable thing that my mother did was show us that you do not have to sacrifice your peace and your sanity to have someone else take care of you. She had us to go to counseling to adjust to being a latchkey kid to discuss our fears and help process with dad not being home anymore. I should have asked mom to join in the sessions and have her own counseling. She needed to talk through the process of raising three children on her own while working two jobs to make ends meet. She needed medication to calm her anxiety. What the anxiety she had I took it as her being a mom. I mean, she would fuss about people sitting at the bus stop without a coat, jacket, or sweater on when it's cold or windy or raining outside. I mean, I would laugh when she was saying we were being followed around in store because they think she's going to steal something because she have kids with her. I should have said more or done more when she would cry for no reason. 
I didn't know those were signs of depression and anxiety. I'm sure she didn't know either. If any of this information I'm telling you reminds you or draw to your memory of someone that you know and love, give them a call and tell them how awesome they are. Be a listening ear and eventually encourage them to get counseling. Nowadays, every night before going to bed, I tell my mother the following mantra. You're beautiful. You're loved. You're stronger than you think you are, and I'm glad you're alive. Thank you for being my mommy. The reason I say this mantra is to make sure she knows what I think of her, to let her know that someone cares and appreciate her. I figured that if she hears it often enough, she'll believe it. I just wish that when I was eight years old, I had the wisdom to say that to her when she would tuck me in at night. But instead, when we would say our nightly prayers, I would always say, watch out for everyone in the whole world and keep them safe. When I should have just been saying, give my mom the peace of mind and let her know how much I love her. Now, I stated earlier that I didn't hesitate to take care of my mom when Adult Protective Services called me about my mom. Someone contacted social services stating that I was taking my mom's money and she was asking neighbors for money to pay her rent, as well as asking them to share their medication because I wasn't giving her her medication. Initially, I was livid and upset. How could someone lie on me like that? I mean, I took over my mom's finances because she was loaning money to her neighbors who didn't pay her back. And the funny part of the story was that is that my mom would ask them for the money when they plan on paying her back, and they would say that they paid it to her or that she didn't loan them any money. I am very appreciative of the social worker that called me and made me aware of the situation. She introduced me to the idea of my mom having dementia. She explained what she observed in my mom's house and how the conversation was held when she was talking to her. While she was talking, I remember episodes of when my mom would call me about her day, all excited and happy to share them with me, only to call back a few minutes later with the same excitement, telling me the same story. I remember the episodes when my mom would call me crying because she couldn't find her car and wanted me to come get her, only to find out that she was sitting in her car when she was calling me. I mean, and I would laugh it off thinking of the times that I was looking for my phone while I was talking to someone on my phone. I didn't know what dementia was when this was happening. I was thinking she just needed to get away from her environment because the toxicity of her environment was driving her crazy. The social worker shared with me her concerns and asked if I can join her when she talks to my mom's doctor. I didn't know my mom was prescribed two different types of high blood pressure medications, two different types of diabetes medicine, acid reflux medication, pain medication for her arthritis, asthma medication, and a host of other medicines that I didn't bother to learn to know the purpose. She had them all in a toolbox that she would carry from room to room. Some of the pills were mixed in with other pills from different bottles. Basically, she wasn't taking her medications on a consistent basis. She took what she felt she needed to take that day. So we went to her doctor's appointment. The doctor talked with her for all of five minutes before prescribing her 
some new medications. That's when the social worker stepped in and explained that we were there to test my mom's memory. The doctor felt it wasn't a memory problem, but a diabetes problem. After much cajoling, the doctor performed a screening test or what you would call a mild cognitive assessment on mom. It was a simple test. She asked her to remember three things for her, draw a clock, tell her who's the president, tell us her age, and then recite the three things that she was told to remember. My mom failed everything but one. She drew a circle for the clock, the numbers were outside of the clock, and the hands were below the clock. She said she was 55 years old when she was really 58. She couldn't remember the three things and she said the president was Barack Obama. She was correct on the name of our president. Based on that, the doctor referred us to a neurologist and canceled that prescription she wrote for my mom. I was confused and I had a million questions. I told the social worker that I'm taking mom home and she's gonna have to live with me. I blamed the neighbors for her decline. I wanted you to do everything in my power to stop what was happening. I didn't even trust the doctor's referral for the neurologist. I called my sister. I asked her for the name of her neurologist and if she can schedule an appointment. I didn't tell her everything right away because I didn't want to alarm her. This is where my journey began. The lessons I learned in this was that depression and anxiety is very real. It can mask itself as being a diabetic whose levels are off. It can be a sign of NPH, which is normal pressure hydrocephalus. It can be so deep that it can be pseudo dementia. I'm sure that there are more diseases that can hide depression and anxiety, but these three were areas I researched with hopes that mom would be diagnosed. Why? Because these diagnoses have cures. These can be reversed. These illnesses can be treated and tested once diagnosed. As an advocate for my mother, I asked the doctors for their advice. I researched using Google and the Mayo Clinic. I mean, I Google questions I should ask the doctor for an informed decision, as well as generate questions of my own. Looking back to the time of my mom's doctor's doc appointment with that social worker, I allowed my emotions to start me on a journey I was not prepared to tackle. I should have done things in a certain order to make sure the tools were in place to make this dementia journey safer and more comfortable for the both of us. For this reason, I have created this podcast, All's for Mom. I want to share my journey and the lessons I've learned to help you with your journey. Dementia and Alzheimer's is different for every person. Therefore, I plan to have guests share their story. I plan to discuss estate planning, emotional well-being, finances, support services, and what to expect in this journey. I want to sh share my successes as well as the bumps that I've encountered. I want to discuss expectations as well as rewards of taking on this role. Most of all, Let's have fun while we go on this journey together. Can't wait to chat with you all next week. Now, after this quick break, I am going to do the question and answer session for questions that I have. Thank you.
Welcome back. If you have any questions that you want to hear on the podcast, send me an email, allsformom at gmail.com. That's A-L-Z-F-O-R-M-O-M at gmail.com. A as in Apple, L as in Larry, Z as in Zulu, F as in Frank, O as in Oscar, R as in Robert, M as in Mary, O as in Oscar, M as in Mary, at gmail.com. If I get the question by February the 9th, you will hear it in my next podcast. If it's something that you want that is personal and you don't want to hear on a podcast, I will reply to your email. Just make sure you put that in the body or the subject line. Do not place on podcast. For my first podcast, during my Q&A session, I only had one person that that sent me a question. That question was, when did you know was the right time to put your mom in the facility? My answer to that, I wasn't ready. I listened to other people. I took the advice from family, from friends, from doctors that were telling me that my quality of life and my mother's quality of life is better if someone is there 24 hours a day to help her. What they didn't tell me is the amount of guilt that you're going to feel, the amount of hopelessness you're going to feel, If you do this and you're not mentally ready, if you haven't prepared your mother to let her know she's going to stay someplace else and she's moving, not preparing my mother to go to the assisted living facility, I feel that first week was tougher on the other staff. I was there so much that one of the nurses asked me, do I have a job? Where do I work? I want to work where you work, where you can take all this time off work to be here with your mom. Why are we here if you're going to be there? I was attached. Mom was attached. That was all that I knew. I've been taking care of her for eight years before sending her there. So my advice to the person is don't listen to others when you know it's time for you to take your loved one to another assisted living facility or a nursing home or a family care home, which I will discuss in the future too. Just make sure you're at peace with the decision that you've made. If not, you're going to have extremely bad guilt. My guilt was so bad that I almost felt I was going to have a nervous breakdown and I had to go on short-term disability for my job just so I could process everything that was done and know that my mother was being taken care of. No one can take care of your loved one like you can, but there is a support system to help you both maintain your quality of life. Your loved one's best days are behind them have to accept that pill you have to swallow that pill and make the best of each moment 
Well, everyone, that's all that I have for today. Looking forward to hearing you and talking with you, sharing my story in two weeks. Take care. Bye for now.